So really appreciate the fact that you are uh, joining today because uh, in this world, I consider that you're one of the uh, those intellectuals that, uh, you know, our society, society has a different bracket of people. And you are in the bracket where like, uh, we see Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, you, and uh, some people, uh, Lex Friedman, when they talk, you need a certain intellectual level to understand what you're saying and where you want to go. And you're, you're this type of person. I've been listening to uh, your talk and your uh, podcast and uh, YouTube videos, and it's always super high intellectually structured. And I want our audience to understand where you want to go with this today. Uh, so Charles is, of course, is, is an American public speaker, is an author. Uh, he likes to say that he's an essayist, a speaker and the author of several books, including The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible. Uh, Charles, why don't you talk um, for a few minutes about you and uh, where you're coming from, what you do, because it's so extended. You're a passionate of life and our humanity in general. But go ahead, please. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Gene, well, thank you for such a warm welcome. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not sure what I can say about myself that, that, that that's very interesting because, you know, like... On a day-to-day -day basis, I'm sitting in front of my computer or I'm playing with my kid or, you know, I don't think I really do anything that exciting. Um, but, <laughs> <Do> you think? <laughs> so, but, but, you know, um, I, I've become interested in, uh, you know, that, since I'm here on Earth, I've become interested in what's happening on Earth and what my role might be in contributing to making earth more healed, more beautiful. Uh, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I, all of us have this impulse deep down to, to be of good use to the world, to contribute to something, to, to be part of something meaningful, not just to stay healthy and to stay rich. I mean, mm -hmm. cause you're going to die anyway, you know? So, so like, even yeah. if it's about you, health. Yeah. 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 You don't get with your, you don't die with your money or your car anyway. Yeah. You're right. That's right. Or your health, yeah. for that matter. Or your health. Yeah. yeah. No, at the end, no. Yeah. So, yes, you have that passion for life. But, uh, you know, I think that the problem that everybody doesn't understand that. Uh, and uh, it, it, takes, uh, it takes some uh, people like you to explain where we're coming from, what we're doing, and what is... Uh, what is the exact meaning of having a life on purpose? Because this is what you're trying to tell people. Yeah, I don't think that, that, uh, that it's really so much a matter of explaining. Uh, you know, if you've ever interacted with somebody who's addicted to something or depressed, you can mm -hmm. explain, <laughs> you can explain all day, you know, what's important in life and how, what a gift life is. But those explanations aren't going to penetrate very far. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe just putting your hand on their shoulder will teach them way more than any words that you can do. So, yeah, it's not like, and maybe there is then a certain point um, of integration where 
where your world has fallen apart and now you're putting it back together again, maybe because somebody put their hand on your shoulder at the right time or because you were in nature and had a mystical experience or just received love at the right time and, and, and everything changes. And, and now you're putting the pieces back together and maybe that's where um, my more intellectual work can come in uh, to give meaning to the world that is consistent with what has changed within. Do you mean that it's subsequent to empathy? Um, it, it, it helps make sense of empathy. Because okay. in, in the world that we are educated into, um, empathy doesn't, isn't very rational. You know? No, it's not measurable either. <laughs> and, and it seems to even go against what, what the head says is, yeah. is important or necessary. Uh, so so that's, that is part of it, to, to make our empathic, compassionate nature, like to integrate that into a worldview that includes all of the deep questions, like why am I here and what's happening on earth and what is the origin and purpose of evil and how does healing happen and, and you know, but, but really coming down to why am I here? And we can, we can receive that knowledge in many ways. Like I said, it doesn't have to be an explanation, but we also have these beautiful minds that want to understand things. And so my, my, my job really is to help bring mind in alignment with heart, with, in alignment with spirit, so that we're not fighting ourselves across these domains. And do you think that everybody is capable of getting to that uh some sort of um, level of mastering their own life? Or is that uh, monk probably are almost where you are trying to, uh, to, to, to get our society and our people, uh, but uh, is that accessible to everyone? Uh, you know, I've had, I've had moments maybe where I felt that I had mastered my own life. And those come right before, <laughs> right before some big surprise that shows me that I had been in a, just a little bit of a, a little, little bubble of illusion. And that, mm. and that maybe that feeling, <clears throat> that feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> drink. <clears throat> Take your time. That, that feeling of, of, yeah, I've got this now. I've got to figure it figured out. I know how to be human, like there's truth in that, but mm -hmm. I think it's more, that's that for me, that's been more of a, um, like a graduation, like you get when you've, when, when, when you've graduated beyond a certain set of trauma and confusion and, and you've gone through a healing, you do have that plateau. Uh, which is really almost a resting place mm -hmm. for the next climb. So, and I'm, I'm sure everybody listening to this has had those moments where you feel like you have it all together. And I don't want to say, oh, those are just some, some delusion. You know, there's truth in those. Like you're seeing something real and that should be celebrated and, and also held, held lightly with, with humility because this is a very, very long journey that we're, that we're on together. 
Yeah, we're very small compared to the uh, utmost achievements uh, that we want to go uh, and we want to reach. So generosity, wealth, empathy, those things are like very subjective in a way. And But altogether combined, they make who we are. And they're not constant. They changes. They evolve step by step, like you said. Sometimes we achieve a part wealth, for example, or health. Um, having everything aligned and in some sort of equilibrium would be the utmost goal for achievement. That is impossible. We just say that. We talked uh, briefly about it. Um, Tell me about how science gets into all these concepts and precepts. What is your point on that? It's a wide question, but yeah. I know that yeah, science explains a lot normally. I mean, this this you know now now you're inviting me to get very professorial. Here. Yes, please. Very intellectual. I don't Teach know. Is that, is that what people are in the mood for? I, I, I guess so. I, yeah. We we you know learning is uh, is the beauty of 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 yeah. why we are on this planet. So yeah, we we right. want to we want you to teach us. Okay. All right. So maybe I'll say that science is is an incredibly powerful tool. And first, I even want to say what is science. Science yeah. could be a method, it could be a culture, an institution, it could be um, a set of beliefs. Um, it even could be a religion where you take certain things for granted as, as undeniably true. For example, that everything real can be measured, that experiments can be repeated and it doesn't matter who is doing the experiment, you'll get the same result. That variables can be controlled. But and, and I love me. Yeah. Now, allow me to, 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 to just put some things there. Science and religion have been forever the most enemies. Well, that's because we don't recognize that science is a religion. Mm -hmm. which, True. Which doesn't, which, which doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Uh, each religion offers a powerful lens on reality, and it enables you to see things that you may not be able to see through other mm -hmm. systems of thought. So, right. uh, so let me just go with this for a second and say, okay, let's say Thank science you. is a religion. What does it allow us to see? It is and, and allow because it comes with a set of rituals that we call technology as well. So it, it enables us to accomplish incredible miracles. Like the fact that we're talking right now, um, you know, through this little piece of plastic that's sitting here yeah, in front of me. Like, sure. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Like, we can't yeah. deny that. Is that a unique accomplishment of science? Maybe not. If you have developed other systems of technology, you might have other ways of communicating across the world with somebody. So... I think right now we're, we're facing kind of a crisis in that we have in certain ways maxed out what we can accomplish with science, especially in the healing of the human body. 
hmm. and, and, the, and the maintaining of health. And the things that we cannot see or choose not to see through the lens of science are becoming more and more important. The things that, for example, that you cannot measure and the things that you cannot control. So in our time, we have more and more health conditions that medical science, at least conventional medical science, is almost powerless to do anything about, like autoimmunity uh, and, and psychological conditions, anxiety, depression, addiction, uh, their, their, uh, obesity. Like, yeah, and, and you might say, well, I have a very scientific way to um, yeah, we can explain them. Yeah, yeah, right. more and more. But, yeah, and, right. and be, but, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but but fundamentally, science is about measuring and controlling. Yeah, yeah. and documenting yeah. what you exactly. Right. Yeah, you in numbers. Like, if you can't mm -hmm. measure it, then it's not scientific. And many of us have reached the limit of of that approach to navigating life, like you measure something, you add up the benefits and add up the costs. Like that's no way to live, actually. You can do certain things that way, but what if you try to navigate your love life that way? And I think that, that cool. yeah. yeah, like for me, you know, I mean, I've had my share of health, health issues. And when I like, I can go into these rabbit holes, you know, where, I can become convinced that it's, oh, it's all about inflammation or it's all about, you know, some other pinpointing is, yeah, yeah it's what science like to do. Yeah. But, but, but the most powerful tool for me has been actually to go more into a subjective, qualitative feeling realm and say, actually, my body, this being knows what nourishes it, what supports it, and what doesn't. And maybe numbers and data can guide me toward mm -hmm. trying something, but ultimately the ultimate authority is right here. And as long I, as you're, yeah, if you can interpret what you're as I getting, develop, yeah. yeah, I have to develop yeah. sensitivity and I have to develop right. trust. Mm -hmm. But but if I say, okay, I'm gonna just look at the science that that says what is good for you, What's good for you? Is this good for you or bad <laughs> for you? What is good for me today is not good for me tomorrow. Uh, science is, is that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who is this you, this generic person yeah. that you can make formulas and apply them to? No. So, so this is one example of um, where in my life I have put science second or, or third. And on a broader level, like, I mean, I, we, I could talk about, well, Maybe I'll, I'll I'll stop right now and see. No, 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 no. It's 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 getting very interesting. Okay. Um, more and more. Don't stop, please. All right, all right. Uh, okay, so, yeah, so. you're getting to the point. It's saying that we are energy most of the time, and we don't feel yeah. those. Correct? Yeah. And the same thing with in our relationship to the planet and and to to planetary healing. The we can. So so the habit of the quantitative mind that wants to measure and control everything is, okay, we have an ecological crisis, let's find the one thing that we can measure and control and thereby solve the problem. And that thing becomes mm -hmm. carbon, carbon dioxide. Carbon. Correct. And, and, and yeah. what is missing from that is first an understanding of Earth as a living being 
but more than that, the understanding of Earth as a sacred being, as a conscious being. So, because otherwise you're left with, well, for one thing, you don't really know what to do and you end up with disastrous policies that seem to be helping reduce carbon emissions, but are actually causing horrific destruction in other ways, yeah. like biofuels plantations, mega dams, big solar farms, you know, windmills, wind turbines, battery mineral mining, like yeah. all this stuff. It's like, yeah. where's, where's the idea that we will not make a mine here because this land is sacred and we care about these beings. One thing that I, I, I'm, I've become very clear about is that if we don't step into that way of seeing earth and that relationship to earth, then no amount of technical tweak and switching to a different fuel source is actually going to solve the problem. It, what we are being asked to asked into right now is a new relationship, a shift of consciousness, a new understanding of who we are and what the world is and why we're here. Like, why are we here? Are we here to make yeah. sure that we survive? Is that the issue, whether humans survive or not? Or is the issue, is that your issue as a human being? Yeah. Are, are you going to make it to death? Are you going to be immortal? No. No. Well, if, if you're afraid to, to die, then means like you're very happy to live. That's right. Yeah, you're afraid yeah. to live. And, 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 and you won't live beautifully if you're always worried about yourself. Absolutely. And that would make sense if you could be immortal. Then you could protect yourself forever, but you can't. Okay. <laughs> no. So, so, so this is the same question for individual as it is for the human species. Why are we here on earth? And then the main issue is not, do we survive as a species? The main issue becomes, how do we contribute to the unfolding of life and beauty on earth? Because we're here for the same reason every other species is here to make the totality even more alive. And if we take that on, then as a species, we know why we're here. And as individuals, we know why we're here too, because everybody has a unique contribution to make to life and beauty on earth. So, and yeah, it could be ecological, but it could be relational, could be social. I mean, there's a million ways to do that. It, 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 it's, this is still a, a very scientific approach then because you're, you're, at the end of the day, we're taking measurement of the results of what we're trying to improve. We, 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 we definitely look at the results and one way to look at them is measurement. But there are other ways to look at the results of what we do, whether it's you know, ecologically or socially, like you can listen to stories, you can mm -hmm. meditate and tune into it. You can walk barefoot at a place and feel the land. Like there's lots of ways to do it. Right. And, and data is only one of those ways. So true, yeah. so true. Um, all of these are subject to some things that is very rational, referential and interpretation by each and everyone on this planet. So not trying to be too philosophical in what I'm saying now, but uh, how can we measure or how can we say that this way is better than the other way? Who's right, who's wrong in this process? Yeah. Uh, so for one thing, we can look at the results. 
if we're if we're obsessed with one way of engaging the world, we can ask, well, how's that working for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then we can also tune into our own feelings of, of either satisfaction or dissatisfaction of feeling uh, free and liberated and enthusiastic or cramped and trapped. Uh, and th those feelings guide us to, okay, is it time to, is it time to um, continue developing the thing that I'm really good at? Or is it time maybe to, to, to pause yeah. and, and look beyond the boundaries of where I've been? And, you know, you can tell, like, I mean, this is something that I've, I'm, I've been going through a lot, you know, in the last couple of years. Introspection, yeah. Yeah, like, do I keep yeah. writing? You know, do I keep writing essays? Do I keep writing books? Yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> maybe, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe there's something else that, you know, when, when something becomes a chore, then you got to pay attention to that. Do you suffer when you write books? Um, you know, sometimes I'm, well, for one thing, I haven't written a book for quite a while. I've been writing shorter things, essays. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe the role of the book is changing or maybe I've said what I want to say in that form. Um, but if I don't feel excited about it, if I don't feel more alive when I contemplate doing that, then I'm like, nope, it's not the time. Not the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so contentment uh, and happiness is the uh, ultimate goal, if I understand well. Like being happy of everything you do, you think, you move, your. I wouldn't call it a goal as much as a guide. Mm -hmm. So if it's a guide, a guide means it's, it's a pass or a, a pathway to some things. What is it mm -hmm. then? What, what is that, that goal? Um, like, I mean, what I said, it's very general, uh, the goal of doing my part to contribute to life oh. and beauty on earth and asking the question, what is my part? And where does the answer come from? The mm -hmm. answer is communicated to me through what I love and what I care about. That orients me. Oh, I care about this. I feel alive doing this. I'm going to listen to that rather than suppress that because I've made some calculation that the highest leverage thing I can do and I'm going to reach the biggest audience and the numbers are going to be yeah. bigger. So I'll do that even though it's a chore. No. Yeah. Like, what happens if we, if we really trust the heart's guidance? The whole world would be different and we wouldn't necessarily be so fixated on doing the big important things rather than taking the time to be with a child yeah. or to be, be with a garden or to be with an old person or a sick person or a friend. Yeah. And, and, you know, that doesn't seem like it's going to have a big impact in the world, but maybe it will. Maybe, through, maybe through, it will. Yeah. Cause we don't know how this world really yeah. works. Well, it, it, you know, if you look at the science now um, and you look at the neuroscience behind it, all those behaviors and those things that you just said, you can actually measure the impact on your brain and mm -hmm. the, 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 the happiness that it's bringing and the uh, contentment that is bringing to your body and uh, through your brain and neurotransmitters. And 
I would dream that if more people were driven to to get more happiness, more contentment, more 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 open spirit and and doing things that they like they're going to be more accessible for others they're going to share more and our world will definitely go in the right direction uh it's mm. you know it's it's being angry it's being frustrated it's being like um, anxious that puts our world in the situation it is now uh all those negative thought and uh uh, behaviors impact the way that we behave against others i think mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's one thing that i think we're really learning now is that what we do to the other is also happening to us yeah that if we say are selfish and cruel contrary to the expectation of selfishness it actually doesn't do us any good <laughs> and and if we destroy forests and soil and rivers then the price. ultimately we, we become poorer as well yeah yeah my mother was always saying when i was a kid don't spit in the air because you're gonna get some drops on you yeah right <laughs> it's very basic yeah. but still true and applies so can we imagine it's some things that you've said imagining a, a new future together is that something that we can really imagine knowing the events that are happening in ukraine now uh, is it possible are we dreamers yeah um something has to change yeah when you are you know just in 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 daily life when conflict arises the default habit in our society is to is to uh step into a victim abuser setup where sure. where the explanation for why is this person being mean to me is because they're a horrible person i'm right they're wrong mm -hmm. and there are maybe some horrible people out there but when that way of thinking becomes a habit and a default then you will never ask Hmm, did I do anything to provoke this behavior? So in the case of Ukraine, you're going to look at the horrible results of this invasion, right? I'm not denying that. Um, I mean, there are innocent people dying, yeah. losing family yeah. members. Okay. But if we only if but if we say the and the reason is that Vladimir Putin is a monster, then we will never even look at at the the context of what is happening. And sure. when you start looking there, you realize, oh, actually oh. we're part of the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. and so so that can be a huge opportunity for a deeper level of change where we say, let's stop doing the things that we've done that have generated one enemy after another after another in a a history of endless war. What needs to change right now? So I wrote an article about this recently and I'm like, if we want to really serve peace, we have to become peace ourselves. True. And what if what if we said um, our proposal is an immediate withdrawal from Ukraine and we immediately also begin withdrawing from all of our 800 military bases, our meaning the United States, 
Um, you sound like you're not a U.S. national, but but I'm I'm, I'm in the process actually. Of okay. The, <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm moving to Boston, and then I'm uh, I'm, I'm yeah. Well, I'm going to be uh, one of your citizens. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but, but so but what if we say yeah we're gonna we're gonna stop um, building military bases you know in practically every country in the world we're gonna cut our defense budget we're going to. Um, restore the nuclear treaties that we have breached. Um, we're going to live peace too. Then our call to withdraw, our call for peace, would be super powerful, because we wouldn't be speaking from a place of hypocrisy. True. And and the same, like on a personal level, if we're going to call for peace, then we also need to look at how am I in war mentality myself. In every, you know, even on Twitter. You know, like how often do people on Twitter immediately default to what a horrible person you are for disagreeing with me? I mean, the name calling, the venom, yeah. it starts yeah. like, you know, on the second tweet, the second, the second response yeah. in the thread, yeah. you know? But so, it's so, human yeah. nature to react uh, on a, uh, not on a cold blood, but uh, to react uh, automatically. Like it, it's a response from our brain that gets us in, into do, those situations. Most yeah. of the time, people don't take enough time to step back and think about it and then reply. They're just like on their computer or on, on their phone and especially on Twitter, goes yeah. super fast. Um, it's not all of human nature though. There are many aspects no? of human nature. There are many aspects of human nature that come out through our, through the culture, through our oh, conditioning, true. you know? Yes. And so we, we, what we need to do is um, cultivate other parts of human nature, latent parts of human nature that, and, and develop new reflexes. For example, the reflex of asking, what is it like to be you? Hmm. Where is this coming from? Uh, what is this mirroring? And that doesn't mean that we never fight or never set a boundary or never stand up to, to violence, but it means that that's not our immediate default. True. And then we, can, we look for other responses and we look at ourselves. Yeah. Like that's in, that, we have, that is latent in human nature too. We have all this dormant DNA that comes alive as our consciousness develops. As yeah. We, we, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. DNA, uh, the expression of our DNA is mainly because of our environment. You're exactly. right on that. Yeah. 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 T totally. Um, so it's changing. It's about changing the environment. Yeah. And part of changing the environment is changing the stories that that we are immersed in that tell us what yeah. a human being is and why people do things like that's part of the environment. The stories, the mythologies, they activate some DNA and suppress other DNA. And that's why. I mean, really, that's what my work is about. It's about telling a new story. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. Hey, we have a very interesting question here uh, from uh, Sina. How does the uh, victim-abuser dynamic fit into the scapegoating of people who are unvaxxed? Uh, isn't what we have experienced abuse? She's asking. Yeah. That's a yeah. very interesting point. I mean, this is, I wrote an article on this uh, yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, mob morality and the unvaxxed. Uh, that was talking about this. And it is part of, I mean, there's a few things going on. Um, one is this um, ancient social pattern 
of whenever something threatens society, you find somebody to blame it on, some scapegoat True. class, uh, and you, you uh, ostracize them, you expel them, you kill them, and then um, thinking then that that solves the problem. And actually, it in many times does solve the problem because the real problem was social strife, was social division. So you basically all gang up, you unify in violence against a scapegoat. And now you're all getting along again because you've all yeah. gone and lynched somebody, you know? So that's one thing, but, but there's also the pattern of, of well, I, I mean, I call it find the enemy, but it's related even to the scientific idea of find the one deterministic cause for something, find the thing to control. So, so all of these were operating under COVID where we have this bewildering situation and okay, let's find who to blame for it and manipulate all of the evidence and all of the narratives to identify this, the unvaccinated as the cause. Yeah. They're spreading it. They're dirty. Yeah. They're filthy. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, they're the same. enemy. <laughs> yeah. But even like the idea of filth and contagion, that has been part of all kinds of genocide and pogroms. True. You know, since the beginning of history. True. The, the you know, the filthy Jews or whatever. Um, so so it's, it's an ancient pattern. And I saw it coming up in the current context, even though like rationally, I mean, now now people are starting to wake up to it, I think that the vaccines don't even prevent transmission that and in some cases no. the un i'm vaccinated and i got it <laughs> yeah right that happens all the time like in fact it's, it's, some of some of the data shows that the vaccinated are more likely to yeah. get it you know so now people are like oh gosh a little bit embarrassed that i was blaming people you know and and yeah. so that that narrative is collapsing and uh, I, I mean, I hope that it is an occasion for some introspection and um, and maybe to to look at uh, how did that hysteria happen? You know, how did that mob mentality happen? Oh, that um, that's yeah. not difficult to explain, actually. Uh, you know, it's it's the, the, the mass follower of uh, a concept that brings us our society to where it is now. It's It's always like that. And it's been used for decades and centuries in the same with the same pattern the same uh, uh, systemic like you create an id you have a couple of people following your id spreading the like the the the, the fears and the more you spread fears the more you have people adhering to and getting into your concept and precept and and spreading again more and more we went we, we you know you're talking to somebody that i've studied in science and um, um, immunology is something that i i'm passionate for and for me vaccine were just like damn, this is great. We went fast on that vaccination process and everything. But looking at the results now, I'm just like, holy smoke. It was like starting like that and it's, it was uncontrolled. And, but it was controlled on one side, money. And it's yep. the same for the military you were talking before. And it's the same for Ukraine. Everything that drives our society to war in general or to 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 fights 
it's always driven by money. Uh, this is our problem, I think. This is the, our main problem when we're looking for solution. I think that money could be <laughs> the first things to look at before getting rid of military or cutting trees. Yeah, money is certainly deep at the root of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a level deeper than money, but it's, yeah, I mean, pretty time, anytime you want to explain why something bad is happening, usually you get to, well, somebody's making money off it. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of people, like a lot of powerful corporations lost money too. Um, because True. of lockdowns and things. Yeah. So there's, I think there's other explanations that are necessary. And, um, but yeah, I, but I don't know. I'm turning it back over to you. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know what? What I like with you is the fact that we can dream of a better world. That's for sure. It's, it's, it's always like, you open up so many doors and it's highly intellectual and it's almost philosophical. Um, I, I could spend hours and hours uh, jumping from one topic to the other because it's human. What you're bringing, it's human. Can we dream that one day we're gonna be there? Or are you born too early? for this world? Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that by the time I am very old, that I'll be able to <laughs> say- on, we have the same age. <laughs> I'll be able to say um, we're on the right track now. Yeah. We've, we've made the turn. That track, goes thousands of years into the future. True. The, the amount of healing that is required and also like, like the level um, of human beingness that is possible is just totally beyond our comprehension. So I think that, that on some soul level, we have on purpose incarnated into what is actually a pretty dark time uh, in order to be of service to the transcendence of the human condition as we've known it. So, so the, cause this is something like, here's something that I know and I could not possibly offer any scientific justification for it is that if our situation were hopeless, we would not be here. Oh, the fact that we are here means that we are here for a reason. We're here Mission. For, for a use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that there is therefore a way to get to what I call the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. There's a path, but we don't know what the path is. All we know maybe is the first step on the path. So we need to educate our children to get, to continue what we're trying to do to get on this path and, and to make sure that they're gonna go uh, in the right direction. Uh... Yeah, by, by, by raising them with love and without judgmentality and without shame, mm -hmm. um, without manipulating them, uh, without denying the sacred dimensions of their humanity, without teaching them to suppress their, to go to war against themselves, um, to, uh, you know, to, to, we, we, to teach them to, to trust their basic goodness. 
let's go yes. back to money then. How do you teach them to uh, the use of money? You, you, you said before uh, money is not the, the, the fundament and somebody was asking a very interesting question actually. What is deepest? Well, it's the mythology. It's the story. Okay. The okay. story and of how, the separate self. Okay. Money how is do we teach? Story. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And how do, how do you educate your children? Well, um, last year I was with Carrie. He's my youngest. He's nine. We were picking strawberries at my brother's farm. And these strawberries were, were warm from the sun. And they're a variety that you don't find in the supermarket because they don't store very well. Like you have to eat them within a day or two. Oh. And they're, but they have each one of these little strawberries has the same amount of flavor as five big supermarket I, yeah. strawberries. And yeah. I said to him, and if you eat it right away while it's still warm from the sun, it has a whole other special flavor. You can taste the sun. And I said to him, Bill Gates cannot buy the experience we're having right now. This amount of pleasure, money literally cannot buy it. You have to actually be in a field and bend down and pick up a strawberry and eat it. And there is so much to life that is about this. Yeah. And when, people, when people accept money as a substitute for what they're really missing, for what real wealth is, then they will forever chase money because no matter how much of it you have, you will never have that experience of eating that strawberry or a million other things that mm -hmm. money cannot buy. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a fool's game. It's a delusion. And so, you know, I can explain that to him as I'm explaining it to you, but really here, like the experience is way more powerful. He will remember that forever. And you will probably remember that story more than anything else. Yeah, I'll say. it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 This is the beauty of uh, humanity, actually. We learn by example. And uh, most of the time, the, the, uh, the things that create our own personality and our uh, mindset is always based on, on uh, examples. So, you know, you can read books and uh, theories and stuff like that. But uh, when somebody shows you an example of what is meaning by that, that remains forever in your hippocampus and it's in your memory forever. So it's the best way to learn, I agree, the best way to remember. It's probably the way that we could um, educate our uh, child and educate our people in this society is showing the example of what we want to do, where we want to go and how we want to get there. Uh, money cannot buy happiness, that's for sure. I, I agree, and money cannot buy freedom, and this is even more important, the freedom to think, the freedom to say, the freedom to do. This is what you're preaching, actually. Yeah. No? It's also true that money can buy you a certain amount of freedom. You know, like, like if you have, say, if you're independently wealthy, then you don't have to, oh. you know, go work at Burger King. Yeah. So we can't ignore that. It's not like, you know, I'm not saying that money is a figment of our imagination. It's it is a social reality that we have created mm -hmm. through agreement. True. Um, and so what I'm really saying is to recognize its limitations and and this thing that has come to colonize our entire 
almost our entire social and psychological space um, actually needs to be in a much smaller realm. You know, I'm not advocating the abolition of money, but really it's shrinkage because there's an awful lot of life now that money mediates that money should not be a part of. Sure. Same with technology, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to abolish it. But it's going to get worse with yeah. technology. It's going to go even deeper and uh, uh, further on that. No, it's not. Um, no? It no? Nope. Oh, tell me. Because I said so. Because. <laughs> I love it. That, that is, yeah, you made it there. Yeah. yeah. Love because, it. <laughs> because if people believe me, if people, when I say, I say, no, it won't. We are going to. Um, limit technology. We're going to return it to its proper sphere. We are going to return money to its proper sphere. It is not inevitable that, sure. that this technolization of life or monetization of life will proceed forever because we are not victims of the future. Nope. It is for us yep. to choose. And if what I declare resonates with you, then we can step into a new story. The future is ours to create. And, and if we remember that, we will never be victims. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I was, you know, I was just going to ask you, what is your uh, conclusion uh, uh, and your give and take on that? But you went faster than me because more than this, than what you just said, we're master of our future and master of our own life. We are master of our choices. This is exactly yes. true. That's that's it. That's, well, our, our development yeah. now is, is a process of becoming the master of our choices, yeah. becoming aware of our automatic programming, stepping into full sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And then we can choose from the menu that is available by life and not just the half of a page that we've been offered yeah, so just far. A bite. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. true. Beautiful. Yeah. Charles, damn it, it's crazy, but uh, uh, immense pl pleasure having you today uh, this talk was like fantastic it, it's a lot and and this is the beauty of listening and reading what you're doing is we become more clever just by listening to what you have to say and we become we become more conscious about the future and as you said and i i i'm a truly believer in 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 that principle yeah our world is beautiful and it can be even more uh, yes. if we do the right work charles thank you so much do you want to uh, end up this uh, talk with a conclusion tell people no i, I, I no I, not really i, I think i <laughs> love um, it no i'm just happy to have been here and to have um, met you like this and me um, too yeah. yeah so thank you for the opportunity Thank you, Charlie. It was awesome. Uh, thank you so much for joining. And I'm a fan. Uh, much love, brother. Yeah, thanks. Honestly. Thanks, Gene. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Bye.